Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. America. Happy Sunday. Yep. We call this the Sunday Brunch Podcast. I love doing this podcast. What we do is we take some of the best interviews from Just the News, No Noise, the TV show I'm blessed to do with my great colleague, Amanda Head. By the way, I'm going to bring Amanda on the show next week. I'm really excited about that. But Amanda Head's going to join every week. We have a show. And so we're going to take the best interviews that we have, the most thoughtful, important interviews, and bring them, adapt them to the podcast for a great Sunday listen. And this week is a specially good one. We're 17 days from Election Day. We are getting closer and closer to the midterms. The polls seem to be breaking. It seems like a Republican strong election. And we thought we'd spend the whole show focusing on some of the best conversations we've had this week about what is going on in the election space. What is the dynamic that is taking place in the key battlegrounds like Arizona and Pennsylvania and places like that? It is a tremendous, tremendous moment to evaluate what could happen 20 or fewer days from now. And so we've stacked up a great lineup. Carrie Lake, Arizona gubernatorial candidate, Republican in Arizona, tearing it up. You heard Glenn Beck on the show say, that's one of the most impressive people I'm watching her as a future star of the party. Joe Kent, Green Beret, served this country multiple times in war zones, now running for a House seat in Washington State, one of the rising stars of the Republican Party. He's a big deal. Scott Rasmussen and Robert Cahaley, two of the most accurate spot-on pollsters in America. We're going to have them telling us what they're seeing in not only the polling data about who's going to win, but the changes in alliances, the tectonic shifts in plates beneath the political system, Latinos, Asians, African-Americans, suburban women, plus traditional Republicans coming home to the party after abandoning them in 2020, Scott Rasmussen and Robert Haley, back to pack, two great pollsters, going to have that. And then finally, we'll end up with one of my great friends, one of our fellow podcasters on the Just the News podcast network. You know him. He is one of the greatest thought leaders in American politics today, Victor Davis Hanson, historian, author, columnist, thought leader. We're going to talk about something that elitists talk about at their Davos conferences and their World Economic Forums. It's called the Great Reset. It is a marketing slogan for a globalist liberal agenda that usurps power from the individual and gives it to the collective. Things like stakeholder capitalism, which means we'll invest your money to align with our elitist values. We're the stakeholders, the elitists, and uh, you'll have to just give us your money so we can carry out the utopian liberal world we want. You don't like that. You invest money to make money. That's your job. Well, ESG, the environmental social governance movement, CRT, the critical race theory in schools movement, equity, equity and equity. You hear this all the time. Equity and FEMA delivery of disaster funds. What the heck? You're just supposed to help people with disaster, not determine equitable outcomes. Well, Victor Davis Hanson is going to break it down. Why is the Great Reset a great failure? Why is it a threat to the American experience? What a great conversation. Of course, you should listen to his podcast. It is an amazing show here on the Just the News 
Podcast Network. All right. Carrie Lake, Joe Kent, Scott Rasmussen, Robert Cahaley, Victor Davis Hanson, back to back to back right after this commercial message. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We have an all-star lineup kicking off with Arizona GOP gubernatorial nominee, Carrie Lake. She's making waves all across the country, not just in Arizona. This is an election so far where candidates who are offering substance on policy, common sense on crime, the economy, and the border, and a touch of personal humility by going out and talking with constituents, not at them. Those are the ones thriving. And yesterday, Glenn Beck joined me on my podcast, and he had one of the candidates that was he was raving about top of his list. Well, it's Arizona gubernatorial nominee, Carrie Lake. And guess what? We're lucky enough to have her join us at the start of the show. Carrie, welcome back to the show. Oh, it's so good to be on. Thanks for having me. That was really nice that, um, that Glenn Beck said that. I admire him greatly. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Your candidate is uh, your, your challenger hiding, won't do a debate. You're out on the road every day talking to real constituents. You're making a personal connection. What's going on in Arizona? Well, I have a personal connection with the people here. I covered this beautiful state for 27 years as a fair and honest journalist. So uh, that's what I know how to do. You, you go out and you reach the people. That's what I thought politics was about. But apparently this is this is unusual. And my opponent, Katie Hobbs, is taking a, a page out of Joe Biden's playbook, hiding in her basement, ducking debates, disrespecting the voters of Arizona by not engaging with them to talk about the issues and what she wants to do. And so we're just doing the opposite of what she's doing. We held two rallies yesterday. We drew hundreds of people. One was in Tucson. One was in Scottsdale. We held four other events that day and, and Governor Yunkin joined me. And we're attracting people who are um, independents and Democrats. They're walking away from the dead end Democrat Party and they're coming over in droves. And we've got a movement on our hands, guys. This isn't just a campaign. It is a true movement of we the people ready to step up and take back our government. Yeah, very impressive. I love it. And I know one of the things that people of Arizona see in you is the fact that you you have you have had that career of 27 years. A lot of people go to local stations and then they just try to get a spot on a national network, but you stay there on the ground. And another aspect of your personality that I think people really appreciate is your willingness to fight and you are not afraid to talk to liberal reporters and liberal news networks and your interview with Dana Bash on CNN was incredible. I love that you are willing to have these conversations 
conversations. Um, why don't other conservative candidates do this? Well, I, I think my experience in, in broadcast news helps, obviously, 30, nearly 30 years or 27 years here and then a couple of years back in, in uh, my hometown. But I understand how the sausage is made, so to speak. And so every interview I do, I record and we bring a camera along and we bring a microphone and we catch the reporters asking the question. Usually they ask a question. It's loaded. It is biased. You can hear it's dripping with an agenda and a narrative. And then they try to get a gotcha from the candidate. And I just record what they're doing. I'm recording those reporters or propagandists. And then we get home and we put that out on the Internet. We put it out on our social media and we turn the tables on them. And people can see just how biased they really are. And what's really great, guys, is we've been doing this now uh, for over 500 days on the campaign trail with the media. And just two nights ago, we held a press gaggle with so many media from across the world, really. And nobody asked a biased, stupid or loaded question with a narrative push. It was really beautiful. I think we're actually retraining the press how to be journalists here in this campaign. Mm. We're going to have to get you to Washington real quick because that's not the case here in Washington. Trust me. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about something. Uh, uh, early on, the media branded you an election denier. It's a silly term. You don't deny elections occurred. You raised issues. And every day we're seeing more and more examples of the election system still breaking down. Katie Hobbs, her office sends out 6,000 errant ballots. Two more ballot harvesters indicted by Mark Burnovich. Uh, the proof of a system that needs repair is still being made. How rewarding is it? to know that what you were raising is now coming true. Oh, I mean, it is true. And yeah. it, just because the mainstream media won't cover it, they, they act like whatever they won't cover didn't happen. And it, it is happening. And fa finally, we're getting a little bit of justice on the back end with some indictments. And we found out last week a woman who was also uh, uh, guilty of all of this, who admitted her guilt, is going to do 30 days behind bars, thank God. And we're going to see justice. We will seek justice, but we will, more importantly, repair our elections so that they're honest, that every voter, Democrat, independent and Republican alike, knows that their one legal vote counted and they can trust the results of our elections. We've been having problems and, and distrust in our elections since 2000. And it's about time we fix this problem. It's not an impossible problem to fix. And we're going to do it here in Arizona. And we will be uh, the state that everybody else wants to copy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The people of that state will be served very well by that. Uh, I wanted to ask you, I know when you're out campaigning, you we've spoken to you about this before. You talk to a lot of people who are maybe registered Democrats or independents, and they are swinging a different direction, a rightward direction this time around, especially with your race. Talk to us about those communities, those people who are coming over to vote Republican, maybe for the first time in their life, voting for you. Who, who is that typical person? Is it a Latino person? Is it a black person? What, what, what are the demographics of those folks? All over, all over the board. You know, I, what I've noticed the last couple of days, not a day goes by, by the way, where we don't have somebody reach out and say either one of two things. I'm a Democrat and I'm voting for you. You're the first Republican I will cast a vote for. Or I've never been involved in politics. I am not just involved in your campaign. I am motivated by it. So those are great things to hear because this truly is a movement. The, the people I've been noticing in the last week or so are people who are retiring or close to retiring, and they are very concerned because of Joe Biden's economy. They're watching their savings that they've, you know, the little savings account that they set up for uh, their retirement. They're watching as that actually dries up a third of it has dried up under Joe Biden. And they're very concerned about their future and if they'll have to go back to work and won't actually be able to retire. So this is the crowd that I've been hearing a lot from lately, but we're seeing all walks of life. A third of Arizona is Latino. My husband and children are Latino. And uh, that is a, a, a voting base that is coming over to the conservative movement and the Republican Party because they are for what we are for. They are for safe and secure neighborhoods. They are for an ability to work and grow a business. They want their children to be properly educated, not indoctrinated. They're pro-life and, and they want sanity in their children's education. And that's why my education policy, where I'm pushing a dual track education after 10th grade so that our kids can decide if they want to go to college, that's fine. But if they don't want to go to college, we want them to have the ability to get trade skill training, vocational training, or career certification right there in 
high school so they can get out of high school ready to take and op- take the opportunities that lie ahead for them. And there's some good jobs out there that don't require a college degree. Yeah, that's for sure. We've yeah. been missing the boat in that for so long. Carrie, you have built a movement on parents' rights too, parent- putting parents back in charge of the education, no more co-parenting with the government. It seems like some Democrats are starting to get on that. I'm hearing Democrats for the first time, hey, this school choice thing may not be a bad idea after all. How has that happened? How have Democrats been pulled into this debate and onto the Republican side? They've always been for it. They truly have. If When you ask the electorate, are you for allowing your kids to go to whatever school you want and the tax money follows, the majority of Republicans and Democrats are for that. But who hasn't been for it are the Democrat elected officials because they take so much money from the teachers union and the teachers union bosses don't care about the teachers. They don't care about the students and they really despise the parents. So uh, everyone's excited about it. The program is growing. I got to give kudos to the parents who pushed for this. Arizona has been at the forefront of education freedom. Our legislators did a great job last session. And I got to give credit to Governor Doug Ducey for signing that legislation into law. And we are really excited. We want to expand it even more, put more money into the pockets of the family so that they can pick the, the student or the, the, the school that best fits the student, whether it be a, a private school, a Catholic school, a charter school, or even homeschooling or micro schooling. We are going to have so many options here. And guys, you know what that's going to do? It's going to force these government run schools to up their game, yeah. change their curriculum yep. and do better. All right, folks, what a great interview with Carrie Lake. Up right after the commercial break, Joe Kent, former Green Beret, American hero, now running for a congressional seat, likely to win it in Washington State right after the commercial break. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Welcome back, everybody. Joining us again on the program is a veteran, a family man, a candidate looking to restore America First policies back into Washington, D.C. He is the GOP nominee running a very strong campaign until the very end in Washington's third congressional district. Joe Kent, pleasure to have you back on. It's an honor. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Before we dive into the issues, I want to get a little bit of checkup on the health of the campaign. Ask you about some recent polling. Uh, what, what's the temperature? It's still looking good. We're up by uh, by quite a few points, by about four or five points, depending on which poll you look at. We're just pushing hard. We're not taking anything for granted. Uh, my Democrat opponent, although she's got no policy issues to run on, she's getting a good deal of air cover from the mainstream media and Democrat fundraising. So she's competitive as far as fundraising goes. So we're going to hit it hard. We won the primary because of a grassroots effort doing town halls every day and knocking on doors. And we're taking that exact same method to the end of the, uh, the general just to push hard to, through the very end. Yeah, it is such an in- interesting recipe. You, Carrie Lake, you see some of the candidates who have come on really strong and connected with their constituencies are people that have the ability to break down the wall. They're out there meeting with real people. They don't have firewalls. They're not hiding in their basement. They're not refusing to debate. I think Americans are hungry to actually meet and have a conversation with, not at or from uh, their political leaders. What do voters tell you when you get that time on the ground with them? Number one, you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, regardless of how much money you have, if you're out there knocking on doors, doing town halls, answering questions, you have an authentic message, people respond to that because for far too long, we've had a professional class of politicians who refuse to engage with people on the ground. So that's first and foremost, but really it's it's the big issues of inflation. Inflation is absolutely destroying our working class, our middle class. People remember what it was, what gas prices were just two years ago. They could afford to put gas in the tank to go to work. They can afford the price of the groceries at the grocery store. And all they've seen our ruling class do is continue to spend money, especially the Democrats. There's no Democrat right now saying we need to get back to being energy independent. There's Democrats that are saying, hey, we need to continue to put domestic uh, taxes on domestic uh, gas production. So that's really frustrating, folks. The crime is another major issue. We're right in between Portland and Seattle here in the district. So between having a wide open southern border with fentanyl getting pumped across and Democrats here in the district who support my opponent, it, letting criminals out of, of jail. Literally, that's what they're doing right now. Um, people have just had enough of these policies, not to mention what, what's going on in our schools with the sexualization of our children. The Planned Parenthood sex ed is taught here in Washington state. And so this gender, so-called gender affirming care that is being offered up to our children and the chemical castration and mutilation of our kids, that's all on people's minds right now. So it's a complete and total really just rejection of the Democrat ideology and their policies. Yeah, that it is. Yeah, and I, I know of another Democrat who's had enough of those policies. Was Friday this time last week? Tulsi Gabbard was big time in the news for departing her party, and she uh, endorsed your candidacy. What what is it like having her her backing you, and what kind of an impact did that have on on your campaign? You know, it, it's a great honor. I mean, Tulsi's a, a fellow veteran, um, and I, I just really appreciate the fact that she is just speaking truth because the things that we talk about, I think far too often they get a Republican title or they get a Democrat title, and that common sense just gets really lost. And so Tulsi breaking away from the Democrat Party and just pointing out that there's no moderation left in the Democrat Party. They're essentially the ones that are pushing for war. They're the ones that are completely aligned with Wall Street and her having the courage to speak out against her own party. And then right out the gate, I mean, she endorses myself, a fellow veteran. She endorses Don Bulldog, another Green Beret veteran. And then she goes down and she stands shoulder to shoulder with Carrie Lake in Arizona. So, I mean, I'm, I'm honored that she uh, endorsed me for one. And then she's going to be coming out to the district here later on this week to campaign. I think this is just a really exciting part of the political realignment. Tulsi, I think, is the most public person who's come out and articulated all these things bravely. But I think she's said what a lot of independents and what a lot of Democrats are thinking themselves and even Republicans. And we just fought a hard Republican primary. So I'm, I'm really excited to be uh, a part of this political realignment. Yeah, you guys are definitely change agents. I was going to lunch today and a guy stopped me on the road and he talked about how excited he was to see the party of the Republicans move from the neocon party to a party that re- appreciates that war is a last resort, not a first resort. And he said it's because of all the veterans running this year. He mentioned you by name, a couple other candidates. How rewarding is it to know that they not only recognize your service, but the wisdom that that service gave you from a policy perspective? You know, it's greatly appreciated. And I I think it's uh, incumbent upon veterans of our era. And Tulsi's been a leader in this, you know, for over a decade now to really say, hey, look, 
we went and we served our country because we love our country. We would still give our life for our country. However, we have gotten it wrong before <coughs> being lied to. And we have to see pattern recognition. And we also have to look at the broader picture of what's happening right now, especially in Ukraine. I mean, it's it's horrible that Vladimir Putin and Russia invaded Ukraine and they're killing innocent citizens. But right now, all we're doing is escalating that conflict. And so I think we need a lot of folks who actually know what war truly is to start speaking truth to power. It's not just a cliche thing. Right. It's something that we have to really start, I think, sounding the warnings of. Otherwise, we're going to get driven into yet another war. And this time it won't be Iraq. It won't be Syria, Libya, Afghanistan. It will be a catastrophic world war. So again, I'm, I'm honored to stand you know, shoulder to shoulder with Tulsi or with, with anybody else really from any political walk or any kind of ideology and, and to stand against this further escalation and to really work towards peace. Yeah, it's an important motion. Yeah, you know, for so long we have been used to having a lot of members of Congress who are lawyers. I think if we had a lot of members of Congress who were veterans, we would be in a much better place. But Joe, I wanted to ask you, uh, hypothetically, you win your election, you're a part of the 118th Congress, you're a member of that. What committee assignments are you eyeing? Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking at the uh, the Joint Economic Committee. I think there's a lot of uh, exciting policies that we can put into place there to bring back U.S. manufacturing, deregulate a lot of our natural resources like the timber industry, the fishing industry out here. And then also with my background in the intelligence community and the military, intelligence oversight, the Intel Committee, I think would be a great place to start bringing our uh, out-of-control national security state to heal and to get them back on track to protecting Americans as opposed to spying on Americans. And then same thing with the Armed Services Committee. I think the Pentagon on needs a lot of reform, a lot of accountability, and we need folks who understand how the uh, the sausage is made, so to speak, behind closed doors to make sure that our, our military is focused on fighting and winning our nation's wars and nothing else. Yeah, that is it, uh, key. And uh, you talked about preparation, the Pentagon. Our forefathers in the last two generations, they created things to insulate us in case a bad moment happened, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, making sure we had enough Stinger missiles and uh, other armaments. We are drained on both. Joe Biden has drained our missile supply to dangerously low and our SPR. Your thoughts on the lack of preparation. If you're going to get involved in these conflicts, you got to ramp up the other side. It seems like we're missing that equation. How uh, are, concerned are you about our insecurity in those places? I'm incredibly concerned about it. I mean, if you look at the escalation in Ukraine, all we've done is push towards a world war while at the same time emptying out our strategic petroleum reserves, killing off our ability to be energy independent. It's absolutely suicidal when you really think about it and just devoid of any kind of broader strategic thinking. You know, the military industrial complex is just incredibly duplicitous. When we say that we're sending $80 billion worth of arms to Ukraine, in addition with the Lynn lease program, it's really a double whammy payday for the military industrial complex because the second they send that aid out and it leaves our shore, they then sound the alarm back at the Pentagon and they say, hey, wouldn't you know it? We just sent all that stuff over there to Ukraine. Now our spot supplies are low here. And so it becomes this position where basically they're postured to then sell us even more stuff. And so the taxpayers are the ones that bear that cost. While at the same time, we have that, that time right now that we're in where we are not prepared for a conflict. And we have very dangerous things happening in the South China Sea with, uh, with China and with Taiwan and then the continued escalation. So it's just evident that Joe Biden and his national security team, they are not capable to lead us through this moment. So this is a place where having real congressional oversight in place can can really help at least restore some sanity uh, to the situation until we can get Biden the heck out of there in 2024. I wanted to ask you, we've got about 45 seconds left. I'm going to ask you a very Solomon-esque question. When voters go to the ballot box on November 8th and they are staring at their ballots, deciding on what to do if they haven't decided already, what question do you want them to ask themselves before they decide? We want them to ask themselves if they can take two more years of one-party control in Washington, D.C., if they can take two more years of these gas prices, two more years of inflation, two more years of out of control crime, that's really the question right now. Do you trust the Democrats, Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, to continue to run the government for two more years? If you want to check on Biden and on Pelosi, then it's time to vote Republican. It's time to vote for a change. All right, folks, from candidate to people measuring the success of candidates, two pollsters back to back right after this commercial break. Scott Rasmussen and Robert Cahaley, two of the most trusted, accurate pollsters and a profession that has a lot of problems, but not those two guys. We'll have them right after this commercial break. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I have been reporting on politics a long time. I never go into an election without checking with this man. In fact, about three months ago, I talked to Scott Rasmussen and I asked him, hey, how is this probably going to shake out? And he gave me a prediction that day. And son of a gun, if the polls today don't match what he was saying two weeks ago, I don't know what to say. He, he always does this. We're so lucky to have him joining us right now. One of the great pollsters and political minds in all of America, Scott Rasmussen. Scott, thanks for joining us. John, it's always a pleasure. You and I had a fun conversation. I think it was back in July or August, and you said Republicans are going to come home this election. We're going to see this race tighten up. Don't buy the summer uh, Democratic rise. Seems like it's doing exactly that. Tell us the dynamics at work. Well, first off, in every election season, any normal election season, in the summer, there's always people who say, well, I'm kind of a Republican, but I really don't like Donald Trump. Or I'm kind of a Democrat, but boy, Barack Obama, you know, whatever it might be. So they're not willing to admit who they're going to vote for. And then when Labor Day comes, between Labor Day and Election Day, we see the numbers, they, they begin to come home. This year was a little bit different. The Dobbs decision, the Roe versus Wade uh, issue. I think a lot of Democrats came home a little bit early. That's why you saw numbers for the Democrats jumping ahead for a little while. But after Labor Day, those Republicans are coming home in places like Pennsylvania. You know, Oz is now tied in that race probably the favorite to win in Pennsylvania at this point. And it's something that it was clear that it was going to happen two or three months ago. And by the way, John, the other thing that's happened in this race, no one likes to talk about it, but the issue, the issue from day one until today and continuing till November 8th is the economy. Democrats gained over the summer, not because of the Dobbs decision, but because, because gas prices fell for about 100 days in a row. Oh, I, I love this time of year, but it is absolutely crazy with political news. I, I we we all know the main races that we are going to be watching: Herschel Walker, Dr. Memedoz, which you mem- mentioned, Blake Masters, Adam Laxalt. I want to know what the sleeper races are, Scott. What are what are some of these races that you see in America that people may not be watching as closely, but might make news the day after? Well, the most surprising event of 2022 was the Oregon governor's race. I never would have expected to be saying we might have a Republican governor in Oregon. Now, the reason for that is a three-way race. You've got a wealthy, independent, former Democrat. You've got a really unpopular Democratic governor who's leaving. Uh, you've got all the craziness in Portland. So right now, there's a chance that a Republican could sneak into the governor's office. That would be wild. Uh, staying in the Northwest, the Senate race, you know, there's a lot of people that think Patty Murray's time might come up. Smiley's a great candidate. Well, I don't know. It would be a surprise to me if Murray loses, but not a huge surprise. That's one of those races that, you know, we'll wait and see where things look in another week or so. Yeah, those are two we've definitely been watching about. What about New York? It seems like in the governor's race, that's really tightened up. Maybe it'd be a toss up right now. Uh, surprised by Lee Zeldin's rise and what could be driving it? Well, I am surprised by it. I mean, it is New York. Um, it's it's a situation where the Democrats have a two-to-one registration advantage. What's driving it? Well, first of all, you may recall the governor's predecessor made some foolish uh, mistakes along the way. Not only that, had a foolish pandemic policy. Uh, we just did some polling in Florida for Ron DeSantis, who took the opposite policy. And guess what? 70% of Floridians like the idea that he aggressively opened things early, schools and businesses. They've gone the opposite direction in New York. I think that's wearing on the party there. Uh, but the crime issue is the thing that's pushing it forward right now. Yeah, yeah definitely. 
Scott, I wanted to ask you, as far as President Biden's influence on other Democrats across America, obviously his uh, disapproval numbers and his unfavorable numbers are are at historic highs. Uh, But he seems to be maneuvering a little to try to boost popularity of the Democrat Party. You know, the the support that he has shown towards the green community and by green community, I mean the uh, weed community and then forgiveness of student loans, uh, juicing the gas market with more from our strategic petroleum reserve. Do those things help Joe Biden and therefore help Democrats with a last minute boost? You know, you go through that list. The, the student loans are a toss up. Forty seven percent like them. Uh, they're not wildly popular to some people. Yeah, they're a good they're a good bribe. Uh, some of those other policies don't really measure up. The thing, though, that you, you left out is in Arizona, key Senate race. Uh, Blake Masters talking about the immigration issue all the time. Why on earth did the Biden administration tell the governor, you've got to get rid of all those crates you put up to, to block the holes in the wall? That is raising exactly the issue that Senator Kelly would not want to talk about. It's highlighting the attitude of the Biden administration to the border, which is terrible. So, yes, that's having an impact. Uh, it's a huge gift to the Masters campaign there. The president's numbers overall are toxic. Uh, Democrats don't want to campaign with him. And I suspect after the election, he'll uh, have some trouble getting calls returned. Yeah, I bet you're right. You know, one of the funny things I've been watching, and it's sort of subtle in the polls. I'm sure you have great data on this. This is a man who made his whole uh, career on I'm middle class Joe from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, The polls are showing that people don't think, in fact, they think he's the least friendly recent president when it comes to friendliness to the middle class. How did middle class Joe go to losing all that mojo? Well, it wasn't just middle class Joe. It was the Democratic Party over the last 20 years or so, really ignoring uh, the working class. They assumed that they were part of the party, so they didn't really worry about it. You know, when I do polling, we, we look at different demographic groups uh, that form what you might call an elite uh, opinion maker set. People who live in big, heavily populated cities like New York, Washington, Los Angeles, San Francisco. People who have a postgraduate degree and people who make more than $150,000 a year. There's about 1% of all Americans who fit all of those categories. And guess what? They think Joe Biden is doing a great job. They're having a hard time understanding why the rest of America isn't seeing what they're seeing. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Scott, we, we have seen the polling industry have seasons of success and then sometimes uh, starting in 2016. A lot of people don't trust pollsters anymore. You are one of the few who people, I think, still actually trust. Um, during this election cycle, heading up to midterms, have you had a hard time connecting with voters, getting real answers from them? You know, getting getting connected with voters is far more difficult today than it was when I started. I mean, I remember when we thought answering machines were a big problem because people started screening their calls. Uh, You have to put a lot of work in to get a really good sample. You have to put work in to reach people who live in the rural areas, the low population density areas. You have to really work to get people without a college degree to take your surveys. Uh, When you do that, Most people, once they believe you're legitimate, will give you an honest answer. There's some evidence that um, there are some people who might be afraid to admit they're voting for a Republican. You know, like I'll get some results where somebody said they hate everything Joe Biden does and then they don't answer who they're going to vote for in the the race for Congress. Uh, But that's really a very small percentage. The bigger challenge is reaching out and getting a good sample. Yeah, and you do it as well as anyone in the industry. That's why you've been respected for so long, Scott. Last question I want to ask you. It feels like some of the tectonic plates below the alliances of the Republican and Democratic Party are shifting significantly. Hispanics, middle class, um, uh, union workers seem to be tilting more to the Republican Party. How big a seismic shift is this? We've got about 45 seconds. It's a huge shift. I mean, it's changing everything we know about the electoral politics. Uh, Democrats have made a, are, have a real problem. They used to be the party of equality. Republicans were the party of freedom. Now half of the Democratic Party wants to abandon equality. They want to go to equity. And they're saying equality just who cares? They're leaving an opening for the Republicans to be the party of freedom and equality. And that appeals to those Hispanic 
workers. It appeals to the people who are union members. It appeals to working class Americans. And half the Democratic Party is saying, we don't really want them. They're deplorable. Yeah, I can see a lot of people's heads shaking right now. <laughs> they agree with you. They, they've seen it as well as you. Scott, always an honor to have you on the show. Thanks for making sense of all the great things going on in the political world right now. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, don't go anywhere. Another poster right up. Robert Cahaley, one of my favorites at Trafalgar Group, right after this commercial break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So much polling has been put into our universe. Our next guest, he's one of the most trusted and honest pollsters in the entire business. He's the chief pollster of the Trafalgar Group and one of our favorites, Robert Cahaley. Robert, great to have you on the show. It's always a pleasure to be here. It is an amazing moment, and I've covered a lot of elections over 35 years, and it always seems like in the last two or three weeks, you start to see the election break, trend lines start to form. I feel like this one has a lot of tectonic shifting of the plates between the parties going on, Hispanics, young people, African-Americans. What are you seeing in your, in your data? Well, you know, I think the, what looks like a bunch of shifting is really just the mainstream media moving and the big uh, liberal universities moving beyond polling that is designed to affect the electorate back to mm. polling that's designed to reflect the electorate. <laughs> a lot of what's been happening is has been kind of a setup. And so when they act like everything has just radically changed in the last few weeks, that's not true. What's been happening is these have been the trend lines we've seen all along. But we were just trying to get the real numbers. And we, we watch in every single state, their mainstream polls start getting closer and closer to ours. I mean, when the mainstream polls are getting so close to ours that Nancy Pelosi is disavowing the mainstream polls, you, you got to start thinking uh, they're actually getting to the truth now. How about that? I love that. And that's a great point. I want to zoom in on a few specific races, Robert. Um, Glenn Beck was on my co-host's podcast on John Solomon Reports, and he was discussing the Arizona gubernatorial race, talking about the GOP candidate, Carrie Lake. And he said that he thinks that she has the potential to become a president someday. Does the polling back that up? Well, one thing about Carrie Lake is she has the ability to reach across the aisle uh, to get supporters. Now, it's not because she has policies that just excite the other side. It's because people have gotten to know her when she was a local uh, broadcaster and they got to know her. You know, she was in their homes for like 25 years and she was that local broadcaster who never left town and never moved anywhere else. But Kate State focused on a community and so they like her. And a lot of people got to know her before they knew her political ideology. So even when, you know, people started to realize that she had you know, tough for positions and maybe stuff they didn't agree with, they still like her as a person. And so that's why she seems to have that that reach beyond, because obviously, you know, any uh, America first Republican candidate is going to lose a segment of the Republican vote who, who hates that agenda. But her ability to then pick up people on the other side that already liked her and people that that agenda appeals to, even though they're not really Republicans or not traditionally Republicans, uh, make her a very attractive candidate. So, yeah, I mean, could she potentially build a coalition and raise the money and, and have the smarts that it takes to be president? Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, yeah. She certainly doesn't mind uh, being asked a tough question by a liberal press. Yeah, no, yeah. she's she's wrestled with them pretty well. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I want to ask you about three big bellwether races, Wisconsin, Ron Johnson, uh, Pennsylvania Senate race, close race there, and then the Blake Masters in Arizona. What's your gut feel on that? And heck, I'll throw Georgia in for the heck of it. <laughs> well, why not throw Georgia in? <laughs> now, um, first of all, I, I, I think that uh, Ron Johnson has really kind of separated himself now. I mean, once people realize ex- exactly what Mandel Barnes' record is, it, it's just right now, when you think about it, Wisconsin has been at ground zero for so much of this nonsense, uh, for, for Kenosha, for, for all, you know, the, the Rittenhouse trial, the, 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 uh, hate crime where the guy ran the car into the parade. So people are kind of done with a lot of violence. And so for Mandel Barnes to be on that side in a state that's that tired of it is a real advantage uh, for Johnson. And so I think think he will continue to press that advantage. You've got even as liberal as you get mainstream polls saying that he's winning. So trust me, when you start to see that, then then they've conceded that they think he's going to win and they're moving on. Yeah. Uh, Masters, we released a brand new poll in conjunction with Daily Wire today, and um, that one is very, very close. We have it to one point between them. Wow. And, you know, I've said from, for weeks now, I think there's a certain segment of the Republican electorate that's just not getting polled, that are just important chunk of people that are what I call submerged voters that you cannot get on the phone. Uh, you cannot reach them any other way. So... That they're going to turn out now. Whether they're going to turn out is going to be, you know, whether this surge of voters is going to be a, a point and a half to five points. I don't know. I, mean, I think it could be in any of that range. But I would say, if I was Republican, only down by one, knowing that that surge could exist, I would, I would feel very confident. So we feel good about uh, Masters, and frankly, because of Carrie Lake, we feel good about Masters because she yeah. is, is helping him. Mm-hmm. Now we have the exact opposite situation in Pennsylvania. And it, it is not, I'm, I want to be very clear, I'm not blaming Mastriano. I think Mastriano's run a good campaign. So much of the establishment has abandoned him. Right. And what they don't mm. understand is they're hurting Oz to a point when they do that. Uh, so mm. I, I believe that Mastriano's uh, inability uh, to have, well, not inability, but the unwillingness of so much of the mainstream Republican Party and the money establishment to get behind him is hurting Oz. Uh, I do think in the end, though, Oz will more than likely make it across the line. I, I would say, you know, you, you know how I feel about Pennsylvania. I've been uh, abundantly clear on that for years. Yeah. I think you better win Pennsylvania by two points. But I think with Oz, a two-point victory is possible. And... Um, I still think that there's a very good chance. Mastriano seems to be a guy with a lot of hidden vote. Uh, and so there's there's a chance that weighs big enough that it, he could be swept into. And it's just a shame that he's not getting any more support out of the mainstream Republican uh, funding crowd. Because if he was, I think he'd be helping himself and he'd be helping Oz. Yeah. Now, yeah, to Georgia. to see. After yeah. all of the onslaught attacks, and they were, it was like nothing I've ever seen. And, and of course, when Herschel's attacked, it's on all the local news. It's right. in the Atlanta Journal. Uh, unlike when Warnock's attacked, everybody acts like it doesn't exist. But after all that, his worst numbers were Matt Towers' th- uh, insider advantage three points back, and Emerson Paul, and Malpole both said only two points back. When you sustain what he took for a solid two weeks, and that's the plateau you land at, that is a great place to then have an outstanding debate performance and go back up from. There's a new poll out from Landmark, uh, and Landmark is by no means leaning toward helping. Uh, I would not say that is a, a, a pro-Walker poll. And uh, the fact is, for him to be tied in that one tells me that this thing is moving uh, back toward Herschel. Now, will it go to a runoff in Georgia? It's distinctly possible. You have to get 50% plus one. But the runoff has changed with the new law in Georgia, and so that runoff will be the first week in uh, in December, not in January, January. as in the past. Right. So I think going to a runoff is not at all bad news. And generally, when you take an incumbent to a runoff, it's very bad news for the incumbent. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. Robert, I want to ask you about your latest uh, presidential approval numbers. Trafalgar uh, showed a 55.7% disapproval for Joe Biden. Now, we know that he's obviously not on the ballot, but as far as party preference and generic uh, generic ballot test, how much does that affect other Democrats on the ticket nationwide? Absolutely. I mean, to give you a perfect example, in every one of these U.S. Senate races, one of the first questions we asked at the very beginning was if you had to choose between a candidate that you did not like personally who opposed the Biden agenda and a candidate you did like personally who supported the Biden agenda, you know, for whom would you vote? Every single battleground state, over 50 percent of the people said, I would vote for somebody that I don't like who opposes Biden. So it's everything. And I can tell you one thing. uh, In Georgia, that number was 58. And by my count, Herschel Walker mentioned Joe Biden's name 37 times. (laughs) So I think he's figured it out. Somebody Uh, got on the message. (laughs) Well, you know, it's very simple. When you get past all the nonsense, there's a big red button that says stop the Biden agenda. And there's a big blue button that says keep going. And you're electing a senator to press one of two buttons. It's that simple. All right, we've got one more special surprise. We've saved a hefty cleanup hitter for today. Victor Davis Hanson, historian, author, columnist, thought leader, all-around great guy, and, of course, has his podcast on the Just the News Network. He'll be joining us right after this commercial break to talk about the Great Reset, which, by the way, isn't what you think it is. We'll have that right after the commercial break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. All right, folks, joining us right now, the one and only Victor Davis Hanson. Victor, great to have you on the show, sir. Thank you for having me. You've got a new book out, and I want to turn to that in a second, Dying Citizen. But before we get to that, I wanted to talk about the evolution of the Biden family corruption scandal. It gets bigger every day. We just had a story uh, this week about the uh, family getting an interest-free loan that was forgivable from communist China. I know a lot of Americans like to get a deal like that. Uh, but it seems like everyday Americans are beginning to dial into this pay-to-play scheme that was going on. Your thoughts from a historical perspective and a political perspective? Well, I think they have one big problem, and that is they've never been truthful about it. So when Joe Biden says things like he's never met uh, any of Hunter's associates, when we know that there's photographic evidence that he has, or he's never discussed things with Hunter about his businesses, uh, when we know that he's called them. So that's a big problem they have. The second problem is that Hunter was on Air Force Two when he was vice president. But I think that more politically realistic is Joe Biden is at 42%. And so as long as he was a viable presidential candidate, he was in the transition, he was president. And until the Afghanistan debacle, the first six months of his presidency, for example, they were wedded to protecting him. And now at 43, and if they get wiped out in the midterms, there's going to be a lot of movement in the Democratic Party to get rid of him. And one of the ways they'll get rid of him is what they always do, and that is the FBI and the DOJ leaks to the DNC and that start, and the media, and that starts to appear. And then I think uh, that is one thing. And then if that does not happen, I think it will happen. The Republicans are going to take the House, and there's going to be three or four simultaneous investigations of the Biden family. It's not going to be pretty, because uh, I don't know if Joe Biden or his brother paid full, fully all of their taxes on this enormous amount of money that went into the family coffers. Yeah, great point. 
important point. Yeah, and, and this free money, like John highlighted, it's just the latest in a string of what seems to be drip, drip, drip stories of corruption from the Biden family. But it's not just the Bidens. It happens on both sides of the aisle, maybe not to this degree. But I just keep thinking to myself, you know, if this if this type of corruption had come to light 50, 60, 70 years ago, this person, this family would have been run out of town on a rail. Uh, but it doesn't see there doesn't seem to be that much pushback, uh, at least coming from from Democrats, Republicans, of course, there has been some. But have the American people grown numb to corruption in general in politics? I don't think so. I think the big change in our generation is that traditionally a liberal media, it was liberal, but it was willing to be disinterested in matters of corruption. But with this absorption of the Democratic Party by the progressive movement and this woke movement, the media has become fused. And so when they're confronted with a, a, an incidence of the Pelosi's or Dianne Feinstein's husband, late husband, or any of these really egregious crimes, their, their first instinct is, well, wait a minute, if we report this, then we're damaging the progressive project. And the progressive project is so morally superior to the alternatives, we're not going to do that. And whereas in the the Republicans, you're right, are just as capable in politics of corruption, but they have a deterrent factor. They know all the time that they're, everything they do is being watched. So Donald Trump knows every single time he sneezes, he's being investigated. Joe Biden knows just the opposite. Every time he does something, there's going to be people in the media that are going to contextualize and excuse it. And when you don't have deterrence, then people, human nature being what it is, they get greedier and greedier and greedier. That they Great do. Point. Yeah, no doubt. Victor, uh, I think of all the people I listen to, your amazing podcast, your columns, you have the best take on how the Ukraine-Russia war of today is rooted in some really malevolent legacy of the Obama-Biden administration. We took a country that had a history of corruption. We made it the bastion of democracy in the Eastern European. Then we antagonized Russia for a long time. Tell us your assessment of how this was really a 10-year train wreck in, in, uh, in history. Well, I mean, it start, I mean, we didn't really know what was going on until that Seoul, South Korea, 2000, I think it was March 2012, hot mic, when Barack Obama got caught telling Medeva to tell Vladimir that if he would give him space, because this was his last election, i.e. don't act up, then he would be flexible on missile defense. And so he was. And I think what's forgotten about that hot mic, every, all the elements of the quid pro quo were followed. Obama got his quiet, he, he got reelected, he removed a very promising project that had just been approved in Poland, the Czech Republic for missile defense, which would have given Eastern Europeans a sense of security in the present crisis. And then Russia played by the quid pro quo rules. It didn't invade until uh, Obama was safely reelected and then it did in 2014. This was all part of the reset that Obama Putin looked at the Obama reset and he said to himself, wow, uh, they're, they're reducing sanctions. They've invited me into the Middle East. Nobody, I hadn't been in the Middle East in 40 years. They invited Russia in to supposedly check uh, Assad's WMD, which it didn't do. And it appeased them. And so they felt this is sort of like 2008 again when George Bush was weakened by the Iraq war and oil prices were high and America was in disarray. So we're going to go in there and, and that's what they did. And then the sad thing about it, then we over then we kind of demonized Russia, not that they don't need demonizing, but we had this horrific Russian collusion lie for 22 months when the actual fact was and the result of that was that Donald Trump, he took out Syrian mercenaries. He got out of an asymmetric anti-ballistic uh, missile treaty. He got more sanctions on them. He flooded the world with oil. He crashed the price. He did all the things that were punitive, and yet he was constantly under the threat that he's a Russian asset, if I'm quoting James Clapper. So the whole dynamic toward Russia was wrong. And I think the result of it is Vladimir Putin really did think that after East Ossetia, uh, South Ossetia and the first Crimean and um, Ukrainian invasions that he would decapitate the Kiev government very quickly. Yeah. And he miscalculated. And then 
in almost a bizarre way, the left has transmogrified their disappointment that they couldn't prove Russian collusion and uh, as if all of the conservatives liked Putin. They didn't. But they're trying to use this war in a very strange way is that we're going to out Ukraine everybody. We're going to show you that we are more pure anti-Russians than anybody when they were, in fact, the people who empowered Putin. And, you know, they did it in a lot of ways. If you think about what's going on in 2011, there was that uh, really sophisticated U.S. drone that crashed in Iran. And I think Dick Cheney and others told Obama, bomb it, bomb it, bomb it. He didn't do it. And yeah. he didn't want to upset the preliminaries for the Iran deal. They re-engineered it, and now they're selling its successors to the Russians. Cheap, lethal, effective drones that were really beyond the capacity of the Iranian research and development teams. Yeah. But it came from us. That was another legacy of the Obama administration. It sure was. Yeah. Ugh, bizarre dynamic. I want to close. We've just got about a minute left. I wanted to yeah. ask you, for those of our, in our audience who are uh, who have a high bar of book reading, if you require five stars, then you will be happy to go out and purchase Victor Davis Hansen's copy of The Dying Citizen. Tell us about this book and where everybody can find it. Well, I wrote it right before all of the bad things happened in 2021 and 20, but it was a prediction that Citizenship was being destroyed on a variety of fronts. We were confu we had an open border. Residents were no different than citizens. We had an unaccountable un administrative state that was taking away our rights. We had globalists that wanted to internationalize the United States. We were trying to change the Constitution, Electoral College, get rid of the filibuster, pack the court. All of this was an effort to diminish a citizen and make us sort of just part of North America where people came and, and went without a unique and distinctive history or tradition. And I think yeah. it was pretty accurate. And I had no idea it would be actually, these were long range forecasts. I didn't think it would end that it, <laughs> we would be living it right now, but we are. It, we are. It is such a powerful portrait of American transition and what the left agenda has done. Everybody go out and get The Dying Citizen. It is a must read. And of course, check out Victor's great podcast and all of his great columns. Victor, what an honor to have you on the show, my friend. Thank you, guys. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. All right, folks, that wraps up our weekend edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. Hey, if you need something to do, go to the iOS store. If you haven't done this, the Apple App Store, go to the Android App Store, the Google Play Store, download the Justin News app. It allows you to watch, listen, and read our content because we've got all three, right? We got these podcast shows, we've got our video and television shows, and of course, we've got all of our great stories. We'll have you covered all weekend long with breaking news and exclusive interviews. Go check us out. That's a fun thing to do on a Sunday afternoon. Download the Just the News app. All right, folks. 
One other thing. People ask, hey, John, is there anything we can do to support your reporting? We love the scoops of Just the News. We love the breaking news and the the newsletters that we get. There is. If you want to make a contribution to our success, allow us to hire more reporters, break more stories, get more exclusive documents, more exclusive newsmaker interviews for podcasting here at John Solomon Reports or the television show Just the News, No Noise. You could join our VIP subscriber club. That's right. We have a Just the News VIP subscriber club. You know how you get there? You just go to justthenews.com slash subscribe. Justthenews.com slash subscribe. And you can sign up. It's $4.99 a month or $44.99 a year if you want to get the discount for a whole year. You get an ad-free experience. So no ads, no dancing videos, no ad overlaying your content. And you get a monthly opportunity to sit with me and the great staff at Just the News and have a conversation. We'll spend a whole hour answering your questions in a town hall once a month. It's an incredible opportunity. It's part of the, I call it a very special part of the Just the News family. If you want to get in on that and you want to just give us a little bit of money to help us out, get the ads off the site, that's always a welcome thing. All you got to do is go to justthenews.com slash subscribe. Go sign up. We'll make it worth your while. And I would love to have you on those town hall meetings. All right, that wraps up the Sunday edition. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Back to regular programming on Monday. God bless and good night. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.